Welcome to Bad Take Sports. This is Blair. I'm here with... Uh, Sam. Dan. And it's just the three of us today, not uh, not too much uh, availability. So, let's just go ahead and uh, jump right in. We're just going to start with the NBA because we felt a little neglectful lately. So I'm here to fix that. Yeah, Sam, take us in. <laughs> um, so, I guess uh, we can start off by... Um, kind of doing a overview of like who's in contention, um, who the play-in teams are, um, who's in the playoff race, um, as well as who is in the Wemby sweepstakes um, by conference. Um, so I'll just start out with the East and with the best team in the league right now, which is the Boston Celtics, unfortunately. They, are, they have a 15-4 and record. Um, they have um, a great home record at eight and one, and also a great away record at seven and three. Jason Tatum is an MVP candidate. He's actually top two in the MVP race. Uh, he is averaging, uh, believe it or not, um, thirty-seven and four. That's uh, thirty points, uh, almost eight rebounds actually, and five assists. So that uh, yeah, puts him firmly in the MVP uh, race there. But they're f- closely followed by Giannis and the Bucks at 13-5. and five. Um, So I think the East is... And actually, the Cavs are right behind them at 12-7. and seven. So the East is pretty top-heavy with those three teams right now. And then you have the Pacers, Hawks, and Sixers kind of filling in um, in the 4th, 5th, and 6th seeds. And then in the play-in, they have the Wizards, Raptors, Knicks, and Nets. Um, the Nets have really disappointed this year, um, even with uh, all the drama in the offseason. People still expected them to be firmly in uh, playoff contention, at least, but they're sitting at 9-11. and 11. Although they do have um, a better record lately, um, one of their role players, Utah Watanabe, oh, is actually yeah. shooting the highest percentage in the league on three-point shots. Um, and he has been scorching the last few games, so taking a little bit of pressure off of uh, KD and Kyrie. Kyrie, who has recently joined the team after a brief hiatus uh, imparted by ownership. Um, But he's been back, and I think he's put up um, good numbers. Uh, He usually does. So um, that's kind of all who's in contention in the East. Mainly it's the three at the top, the Celtics, Bucks, and Cavs. Donovan Mitchell, by the way playing at an MVP level as well with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think he's also averaging around 31. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's been stellar for them. Um, and the players around him as well really accentuate his skill set with Jared Allen being a enforcer down low. And then you have, um, I forget uh, who fills in, Kevin Love is on that team still playing at a high level. Um, is he uh, now the guy, the guy who plays for the Heat? Uh uh, the guy who's been there for an eternity. Oh, Udonis Haslam? Yeah, is he to the Cavaliers? He's like a very use, like a, if Udonis Haslam could still play, play. at like even a decent <laughs> level, that would be Kevin Love, I guess. Yeah, Mitchell is also at 30 points flat, four yeah. rebounds and five and a half assists. And it's not a shock to me at all that the Cavaliers are a top yeah. seed in the East. Yeah, they have a really good starting lineup I, uh, and a pretty solid bench as well my, my whole theory is that the Cavs are gonna be a, a half step even better than mitchell's jazz were because uh mobley is the thing that mm. the jazz never had he's the archetype of like switchable go everywhere wing who can guard your best six foot nine paul right. george type 
Um, yeah, so the Cavs have that thing. Yeah, they really. Yeah, and Evan Mobley is in the. Um, or <clears throat> actually, is this his sophomore season? Yes. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say he's gonna be in that Rising Stars game probably. I would imagine. Also, I think it's interesting that Miami and Philly and Brooklyn are all like the traditional powerhouse East teams that are sluggish. Yeah. Well, okay, Brooklyn is not a traditional powerhouse team. Let me take that back yeah. right now. Like that is not true. <laughs> they, but... they've traditionally really tried hard to be. Yeah, though, they've but... traditionally they've traditionally <laughs> spent a lot of money and put on airs that they back are a powerhouse. The Kevin Carden, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Darren Williams days. Oh yeah, super team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that also disappointed to this caliber as well. Yeah. And then the, oh, dude, the KD, Kyrie, James Harden yeah. pairing. Like it's when just... that first happened, I was like, oh, just give them the, give them the championship already. And then they ran into the team that was like the built... actual best team. Yeah, yeah. They, they ran into a team with good cohesion and yeah. teamwork. And it wasn't about, it was, that. that's what I thought about that Bucks team. Because it was like, yeah, there was Giannis and Middleton, but like. Drew Holiday and like um, all uh, Bobby Portis was going yeah, the fuck like up. The, and it was like a whole team effort is yeah. how they won. Oh, you mean another player the Bulls figured out how to mismanage and not develop correctly? <laughs> oh, Bobby Portis, Laurie uh, Markkinen, if Zach Levine, gets tra- Cameron, Carter, Cameron Payne. If Zach Levine gets traded, he's about to average forty. <laughs> oh, the only player who seems to do better there is uh, poor Demar Derozan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that system is made for him, apparently. Oh. Um, but speaking of which, in the Wemby sweepstakes in the East, we have the Heat um, sitting at 9-11, and 11, um, the Bulls at 8-11, and 11, um, then that goes Hornets, Magic, Pistons. <laughs> Those are the uh, kind of the contenders there. I'm surprised. Pistons, by far the worst team in the league, I believe, at 5-16. and 16. Um, or actually, they tie the Spurs for to, for worst in the league at five and sixteen. Yeah, after a recent hot spurt, that's yeah. still like literally beating the Nuggets and Jazz <laughs> uh, recently. That's right. I forgot that they've. I'm a little surprised they're that bad. Like them and the Magic to me, how feel like they have more talent than the Hornets. So I, I have I have the conspiracy theory of a tank going on from mm. uh, Magic uh, management. Yeah, because they're like another. Seven two <laughs> ball handling unicorn that we can deploy. Well, and you I could, just, you and, could, and it's, it's, out, you could try, uh, trot out the most absurd lineup. If you got women, they're going to try to make a, per, a perimeter defense that, that can it. actually all touch hands. Yeah. Like can me all just... as a competitor, I'm having a hard time with the tank because I know the team we have right now is better than they're playing. Yes, yeah. we could be a play-in playoff. That, I agree. That's where the Magic are legitimately at. But you would have but to like, go with a more traditional lineup, I think, of like Well, that's two what guards. that's what I'm worried is because yeah. they I know uh uh, uh Cole is going to miss some time. Cole yeah. Anthony is going to miss some time. But Markel Fultz like what why isn't he back yet? Yeah. He he stubbed his toe. That yeah. that is what he did. He stubbed his toe. Exactly, and suddenly he's been out for weeks, like, and and, t- and holding out. Like, sure, Paolo did roll his ankle, and it was kind of bad. And I've seen, I've, I've gone through that kind of injury. It sucks. It takes a minute to heal, right. but then it just kept going on. Yep. And it's like, hmm, you trying hmm. to get some extra L's in here? We trying to, and we they'll ch- have a really we trying to really run fun a- game here. And uh-huh. there. It's like, uh-huh. whoa, that's crazy. That's the look at that potential and like <laughs> yep and then it's like they trot out admiral schofield <laughs> so uh, i've i've got the suspicions of a tank going on yeah, here and i believe it 
I mean, who wouldn't? It this, I mean, like, from a management standpoint. Yeah, that's... Like, if you just add that to what we have. That would be spooky, spooky. I would be... I, I've always... My theory of, is I'm worried that at some point you need to... T- how do you teach a team how to win that all it's known how to do is, like, tank and not play that seriously to its fullest potential? How do you um, as flip a, that as switch? As a Suns fan who has gone through this exact thing, <laughs> to get to contention, you have to get a good pass-first point guard and good coaching, and then that's really what resets the culture of losing. And even if you don't get uh, into a deep playoff run, you at least make the playoffs and build on... Um, success season, but you have to almost get new personnel. Because I think that's what's happened with like the Rockets too. I feel like the Rockets don't need to suck as bad as they do. If you look at the talent on their roster, oh no, they're all, they're also tankathoning. Like I mean, absolutely, yeah. all of the teams at the bottom are but, all trying real hard, except for maybe the Hornets. I think they might be trying. But... The Lakers are desperately trying to win, and they uh, just can't do it. Although they have been, to their credit. Uh, they're on a five and one in their last six. Oh, is five that why I haven't lost. seen any Lakers news like lately? Like I said, they beat the Spurs three times yeah. in a row in the span yeah. of six. So days. they're just yeah, they're pick- and their only loss came from the Suns. Yeah, <laughs> when Pat Bev shoved uh, Aiton uh, when his back was turned. Not unusual from Pat Bev there. Oh no, no. Uh, <laughs> But speaking of uh, the the Suns, um, if we look at the Western Conference in contention right now, um, the top four are the Suns at thirteen and six, with the best home record in the league actually at eleven and one, um, followed by the Nuggets, Pelicans, and Grizzlies, um, who are twelve and seven, eleven and eight, and eleven and eight respectively. Um, so that's kind of the West is a lot more uh, ambiguous as to who's going to end up being on top because there is a three games separating the first seed from the ninth seed. Mm. So you have so many teams that are like gridlocked at 11 and 8, 11 and 8, 11 and 8, 10 and 8. Guess who's the sixth seed right now? Never thought I'd be saying this. Mm. The Sacramento Kings mm. are the sixth oh seed. Oh my God. And De'Aaron Fox is in the MVP race. He is uh, ninth, but he is in the top 10 and he's been playing out of his fucking mind. As of late. Yeah, I know. The uh, as Lane and I talked about this <laughs> on our uh, last recording of uh, watching De'Aaron Fox destroy the magic from the logo. And it was just like, what? How do you... What? Yeah, Defend uh, the logo shot? What? I, I, did, no. I did see that shot. And he's no. on like... He's been on a different planet as of late. And DeMontis Sabonis is looking like an amazing trade. I remember I told, people were I really told, upset at the time. And but, I tried telling everybody, that is not as bad as you think. It, it, yeah, is it, it wasn't as bad as they think. I would probably still rather have Tyrese Halliburton, but I can completely understand the Kings buying into Fox instead and like trading him off for well, a piece that will complement their roster. Especially right if you're kind of trying to be like, okay, yeah. we're, we've been developing for 18, 20 years and we never get anywhere. Right. Fox is just further ahead in the development process yeah. than even though, you know, he's... He's, but the thing is, all he ever needed to do was just fix his shooting. Wait, mm-hmm. is this Dame 2.0? Um, I, I wouldn't say that, but he's definitely, I, I would say, has the same offensive style of like getting downhill really well, finishing tough shots around the rim, and then having, this year at least, well-improved three-point accuracy. But he's not like coming off of screens and running into a 40-footer like Dame will do sometimes, so... 
I wouldn't uh, say go that far. But Wonder he who, is playing a very impressive game lately. Who's improved more, Fox or Shea Gilgis? Uh, Shea Gilgis. Statistically, I, I think statistically it is Shea in yeah, terms of just like... Shea was averaging like 34 at one point. He's up to, like, yeah, he upped his production like 7 or 8 but points But to be a fair, game. Fox was averaging around 30. So yeah. it's like either way, you cut it. It's really good. Um, I think the Kings are going to stay in the the playoff mix for you know. I hope so. I've been wanting to see the Kings in the playoffs for a long time. They never quite recovered from O two when mm. that uh, that most famously considered the worst officiating worst officiated game in NBA playoff history, where they basically just handed the Lakers a win on a silver platter in Game Six. We want Kobe and Shaq. <laughs> Ever since that. Ever since that series, the Sacramento Kings were out of the playoffs for like 16 straight years or something. So glad to see them on the up and up. Um, the Suns surprised me. I did not expect to see them at the one seed, even though they were the one seed last year. I thought there would be some regression, especially considering Jay Crowder basically abandoned the team and is demanding a trade every other day. Um, we're still trying to find a trade for him. Uh, a few names have been thrown out there, like Boyan Bogdanovich from the Pistons, um, a couple of others, uh, Kyle Kuzma from the Wizards. There was talks of a package there, um, but uh, nothing for concrete. Jay Crowder. Yeah, you're gonna have to give up more than that yeah. if you want those well, it players. Would be, it would be a package for sure. It'd be like Jay Crowder, um, Saric, maybe um, who's the backup point guard? I can't remember. Um, Cam- Cameron Payne? No, not Cameron Payne. He plays behind Cameron Payne. And I'm spacing on it. But regardless, Jay Crowder hasn't played. He was kind of our defensive enforcer, if you will. Um, So I thought that would cause some regression. It hasn't. It's actually made him better. Um, Cam Johnson has been out, and he was a real bright spot to start the year. But he tore his meniscus and is out for at least another month. Um, Then Chris Paul has been out for about two and a half weeks, I think. Um, so the fact that they're still managing to be number one in a pretty brutal conference um, has pleasantly surprised me. We're starting Tory Craig at power forward, so I wouldn't have uh, imagined he would be adapting that well. Um, DeAndre Ayton has been playing like a monster the last few games. Um, he put up a 29-21 stat line versus the Jazz last night, mm. which was uh, his best game of this uh, season so far. Um, Booker has, uh, st- is also in the MVP race, um, considering the Suns are still the one seed. I think he's ranked at seventh on the MVP ladder, right behind Donovan Mitchell, funny enough. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, so 13 and 6, uh, 68% um, winning percentage so far. It's been pleasantly surprising. Yeah, and my uh, my jazz, the wheels look like they're starting to fall off, like everyone said. But they were the ones who were actually the one seed, what, like a week ago? Yeah, yeah, that's because that's how, like, that's how t- tight the conference is. Who knows? Another good week if, if you have like a again. three. If any team in the playoff race has a three game skid, they drop almost, or they yeah, like four or five slots. Like it's pretty wild. Like if the Suns were to lose three in a row, yeah, we would be all the way down at like the sixth seed. Yeah, the Jazz have lost seven of nine, I guess, if you look at it that way. And that's kind of why I think the wheels are coming off. I just, they're, they're a talking point only because they are, were expected to be a tanking team at the bottom going for the Victor Wembanyana sort of, yeah, right. sweepstakes. And uh, yeah, I thought a lineup with a bunch of ball hogging 
shooting guards that have no track record of passing and have a track record of turning the ball over at a high rate with no track record of anyone who can protect the rim or uh, yeah i just thought it was going to be terrible but they started out 10 and 3 just shooting it hot uh yeah just i guess playing with that you know everybody full exuberance yeah but also a mix of hey we're actually dudes that aren't rookies and have learned things and established yeah, in this, market, right like they're like the everybody's like oh this is a tanking team but it's the, who is the young rookie you're developing like it's a bunch of 25 and six year olds malik yeah. beasley's scored 20 points a game when left alone in this league to do so yeah colin sexton exactly. has scored 24 points a game in this league when you give him the ball enough and put up with his flaws and let him do that you know laurie yeah. markinen's had a 19 and 9 season before so it's like huh actually there's kind of some point production here jordan yeah. clarkson can just kind of go off and the get... bulls severely misused marketing yeah like, well because as i've mentioned in previous podcasts or maybe i was just in chat uh jim boylan was their coach for a yeah, while uh right. he was a certified crazy person oh. like he, he was the kind of dude who would do stuff like out of a movie but like 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 some some person who's never played sports who wrote a movie script about sports to try to make it be like epic sounding, you know, like mm-hmm. do some like really unnecessarily hard ass thing for that makes no sense at all mm-hmm. as some like team building exercise or to prove a point when it's like, no, this is a room full of like professional grown men. Please treat them as such. Like exactly. no one's interested in your like Bobby Knight like <laughs> hijinks like throwing chairs and make, yeah, making people do like embarrassing shit at practice to like shame them like yeah exactly. no he was a, he was anyway so yeah <laughs> but but the uh the jazz really struggled without mike conley he's injured everybody kind of craps on mike conley because he's old and he's not what he used to be and he's not good at defense all those things are sort of true but mm-hmm. a he can still shoot b he can still run the pick and roll and he's like the best passer on the team with the best court vision uh, right. And so they're kind of struggling without him because uh, they're, you know, relying on like Clarkson or Sexton to just step up and exactly. do all the ball handling. And like they'll try, like they'll get the assists, but it comes with more turnovers. It comes with just like just different sort of choices that don't get their teammates as open, as good of looks and things like that that are hard to, you know, you just have to watch the whole game to see it. Right. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know what else to say as a Jazz fan. I don't know what they do because I feel like they can keep fighting and be this like try hard, scrappy, like for like thirty five to forty five win team, depending on how things go, and like that'll be fun. But it's going to be another first round exit still. Yeah, and it depends on their strength of schedule as well. Yeah, I would say it's been pretty hard. I mean, yeah. I, it depends because some teams have been unexpectedly bad. Like the Clippers were supposed to be this like amazing well, runaway. When Kawhi and Paul George don't play, like yeah, they're not that good. Right, which is why and I and Luke Kennard and just, although the Clippers are the seventh seed right now at eleven and nine, so they do have a positive right like they are. But, yeah, but no, I agree with you, Blair. It's funny that people start talking about like Luke Kennard and Reggie Jackson, like they weren't Detroit Piston castoffs or something. Like I don't know, because <laughs> like, I, I don't. Why? When did they suddenly become these world-beating great players? But right, I, I, I think I, okay, hold solid, on. Like, I think that's just some salt being a Jazz fan from Reggie Jackson, absolutely giving it to Gobert. Every guard, every every <laughs> half decent guard with some quickness destroys the Jazz. <laughs> Jalen Brunson owns us. Yeah. I mean, you know. Jalen Brunson's really good, though. He he kind of, he's not doing, I mean, the Knicks are still not great, but um, they're 
better than last season, I think. Mm. Well, but last season weren't they supposed to be this ascending playoff team after the yeah. uh, after that good series against the Hawks? You know, they were like, "Oh man, maybe we're gonna make some noise," and then <laughs> the, the wheels fell off. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> mm. That's accurate. But speaking of the Clippers and Jazz in the West play, play-in area, which is the seventh mm-hmm. through the tenth seeds, we have the Clippers, the Jazz, the Timberwolves, who have been. They're they're a talking point. <laughs> yeah, they're, Timberwolves have been interesting. And then the Warriors at the tenth seed at ten and ten, which is uh, nobody expected that to happen. But, but they're uh, kind of on the come up because they were yeah. like f- three or four or five games under five hundred. Not and so like they've yeah, they're been... on a bit of a hot streak lately. They're um, I think they're nine and one at home. Are they and able to... one and nine on the road? I was about to ask. Wow. Are they able to win away yet? And that, <laughs> yet. the answer is no. <laughs> That is weird. But they're for great them. at home. Like that's almost all of their huh. runs. My have come favorite at home. dungeon stat from a few weeks ago: the Warriors have not won in Orlando since 2017. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. They just can't shake. Just can't that. can't do it. I don't that's know what funny. it is. Um, but going back to the Timberwolves, um, their starting lineup is starting to mesh a little better now. But to start the season, it was real bad. Um, very turnover prone. Lots of like. Kind of like felt like freezing Gobert out a little bit on the part of Anthony Edwards. Like he just wouldn't pass it to him on pick and rolls. And like there's a little bit of, I think, drama going on behind the scenes there. If I were to speculate. Kind of uh, from from my speculation, it doesn't look like Anthony Edwards like actually gives up the ball on the pick and roll ever. Not really. Like regardless of who he thinks he can score it on every play. And sometimes you can. Um, but then when he can't, it looks uh, not as good. <laughs> um, so a little bit of uh, trouble in paradise over in uh, Minnesota. Well, and it's it's just the crushing weight of expectation, giving up all of that for Rudy. Yeah, it's like uh, all right, produce. That trade is not looking very good for the Timberwolves. I don't know, man. The tape was out there. Everybody knows you can't give him the ball and expect him to do stuff on offense. It's yeah. a lot of getting stripped. Jazz but they're drinking their the, tears. We got examples something. of like Gobert being wide open on a on a pick and like mm-hmm. calling for the ball and just not getting it. And those would just be dunks. Like and Gobert's good at that. I just think that's or even gonna, lobs. It's gonna like, happen everywhere Gobert goes because it happened with the Jazz too. Even though yeah. Donovan and Rudy were technically the number one pick and roll combination in the NBA, right. it's like and yet the narrative was out there and the visual evidence was out there yeah. of Rudy donovan not just not to... pa- well no of what you said of donovan or whoever oh. of any guard on the jazz just not passing go bear the ball on a wide open like roll or, or pretty close to wide open opportunity right and then instead because they just want to try to generate a three or because they just can't help their own internal shooting guard kind of greedy, <laughs> greediness that we all know and feel we all have done that where we're just at the gym and just take a shot because we just are like yeah, I just need to take me a shot right now right, to just yeah. like get into yeah, the game. Like, <laughs> the problem is when you have Jordan Clarkson on your team, he thinks that on every single possession, and he can't right. turn that off. It's like wait, asking, wait, hold him, up, hold up, let me get a shot in. Right, right. True. It's like, yeah, he has been better playmaking this year. No, I, I know. I, 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 I it's a joke, ball, but, he, but he's like an arch type. Yes. It, it, it's not even like a. It's not even a. 
He's like the Lou Williams, uh, Jamal Crawford. Right. It's not even an insult. It's just like that's like it's those players DNA. For sure. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, He's in that same vein of like really prolific sixth man. Yeah. I was about to say he's a sixth man. Yeah. That's that's what he is. He's a good sixth man. Straight up. But 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 anyway, yeah, I didn't mean to get distracted. The Wolves just they're hilarious because, yeah, I (laughs) I, I have a feeling Edwards is somebody's going to get sick of being on that team as it's constructed. I don't know if it's going to be Cat or Gobert or Edwards. Also, yeah. low-key, we didn't get to talk about this previously, did we? The uh, the D-Lo forgetting to check into the game and therefore <laughs> making his team play four on five uh, for, for a whole possession. possession. Yeah, it was versus oh, the Suns. And, um, yeah, the he just D-Lo, sat there on D-Lo the table. D-Lo was on the scorer's bench getting ready to check in. And the, his substitution checked out. And that's also kind of on Will Hardy for not... Or, like, or whoever their coach is. Or not Will Hardy. Who the fuck <laughs> uh, is their coach? <laughs> Taylor... No, Jenkins uh, is the... Yeah, I cannot Grizzlies remember who coach. the Timberwolves coach is. But that's also he's on the friends with for... He's friends with Will Hardy, though. Oh, uh, interesting. That might be why I had that association. Uh, but he also saw it, and I, I feel like should have seen it at least, and like... Told him to get in the get your ass in the get game, in the fucking game. Like, but no, there was an entire possession where the Timberwolves were just playing four on five, and the Suns scored off of it. Yeah, um, and it was uh, it was kind of funny. Oh, and and by the way, that's their starting point guard that they're paying twenty five ish million dollars yep. a year to. And my, I, I guess I'm a bitter old man, or I'm turning into one. But I, my, I, I it's gonna sound judgmental, but I saw that, and I'm just like, you can't win nothing with that as your starting point guard. Like if that's the brain, if that's like just the basic like brain connected to the ball that's like distributing for yeah. your team, you're gonna rely on that to win you a championship. Yeah. By the way, and also okay, also D'Angelo Russell has a history of doing really dumb things in this league. Most of the time, it's not on the court like that. He's not known as a good defender for one. That's fine. Lots yeah. of guys aren't. But this is also the guy who's got like caught for weed at the airport before. Like he's yeah. done various other. That's based. Yeah, I don't know. He's just not a very no. Fine, by all means, like that. I don't care. I'm just saying, as your as a as twenty percent of your payroll and right. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. No, I feel that. But yeah, the Timberwolves have uh, I would say disappointed thus far. Everyone expected them to be like four four through six. They're like, oh yeah, top four seed for yeah. sure. But uh, no, it's been the Pelicans instead that have. Everyone kind of knew would take a leap. They're the third seed right now. Wait, you mean when Zion, Zion plays? Yeah, I was going to say Zion win? Williamson is uh, playing really well because um, Zion Williamson is that guy. He is an all star and I think he will be this year. Um, but uh, yeah, and then in the Wemby sweepstakes in the West, um, we have the Mavericks at nine and nine. They're oh probably God. on the upper end of it. Um, but the, yeah, the Mavericks, that's a, that's a talking point as well. Luka Doncic, let me just read you the stat line. Um, Luka Doncic is averaging, okay, and no player's ever averaged this in the history of the NBA, 34-8-8 eight eight right now. 34 mm. points, 8 rebounds, and 8 assists. He's number one in scoring, and he's in the top 10 in rebounds and assists per game. Um, crazy numbers, uh, but uh, with that comes uh, his usage percentage, which is, I think, the highest... Of all time, if I were to remember what Twitter said. Um, but uh, he is being utilized on the majority of the possessions. Like in a, in a literally, game. Like, it's either right under or right over 50%. And Blair, you actually brought up the stat earlier that if Luka does not score at least 30 points, the Mavericks have not won a game. So 
And for context, by the way, like low mid anywhere in like the 30s is considered like a pretty high, you know, that's like a mm. James like James Harden for instance is in his mo- highest usage years will have like 37, 39, 42% mm. usage rates, something yeah. like that. So, but Lucas is like forty. His is like forty-seven, forty-nine, fifty-one. It's, it's in that it's area. Absolutely yeah. astronomical, and uh, I love it. He's on my fantasy team um, in uh, a league I'm in, and that's uh, that's been great. Um, but it hasn't been as great for the Mavericks, who he just needs help. Uh, I mean, Christian Wood is okay, but wait, are he's you telling me they should have paid Jalen Brunson? Uh, I think they thought Spencer Dinwiddie would be, and he. The thing is, like Spencer Dinwiddie was great in the playoffs uh, for them last season. But I mean, you have last year's Western Conference Finals and the Warriors and Mavericks. They're the tenth and eleventh seed. <laughs> like well, nobody they, thought that would. And happen. they figured, well, they're getting uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. back to provide some scoring because yeah. he was gone most of last year. True. And they thought Christian, or I mean, Christian Wood has been okay, but they really well, don't have anyone stepping up outside. He doesn't of do a whole lot for you on defense, though. Is the yeah. thing. So you kind of so he's they've got like big. Dwight Powell is like their defender, and Wood is like your offensive big. And then right. you've got like Dorian Finney-Smith, who I've, I maybe they thought was going to take a. He already kind of took a step last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's got a whole lot more ceiling left to go. Yeah, they just, I don't know. I just still think yeah. their roster is pretty mid past. For Luke. sure. It's just Luca and a bunch of like replace good but replaceable mm-hmm. stuff. Exactly. And funny enough, the Mavericks actually have an eight and three home record um, and a one and six away record. So it's kind of the same problem as the Warriors where they can't seem to win away games. Mm. Um, so we'll see how I, that shakes out as I, time I wonder goes on. How, how what's Luca's mentality we won't know the answer but what's is, is Luca happiest and is he want the 50% usage rate or does he because you know what I mean Dan, like if are you, you have, sitting here telling me coach walks up to you and is like hey you want to score all the points for the team and you say no well, no, no if, I, if, I, if I've already dish got, out all the assists, if I've get a good amount of rebounds, like, but if my money is this, if my money is the same either way, then no, I want us at some point. I do Luca's, want to like win. Luca's and actually, pure, me, Luca's a pure ball player. Well, though. Like, okay. he just wants to play as much ball as yeah, possible. Yeah, you're asking me, Dan. I'm the kind. <laughs> I I fundamentally hate I, going. Dan. To, I fundamentally hate going to work and would be like, yeah, if you can pay me the same amount of money and I only have to play 28 minutes a night, save my knees and we have a way right. better team as a result because we distribute the ball and like therefore sure. are harder to guard than yeah but luca's like i think luca really enjoys it um but he also has acknowledged in post-game interviews etc that um he like uh is probably handling it too much could probably get his teammates involved more um, but I mean, <laughs> well, and when you look at the roster, I don't blame him for. Oh, and the reason why I said all that on him is because I wonder if that's why they didn't resign Jalen Brunson. Because it's like you need a guy who's yeah. good. Luca needs help, but not yeah, so. They, but you, they definitely should have resigned. But Brunson. is but but if is it going to step on Lucas? Because Jalen Brunson is like too good to be like, oh, I only am going to handle the ball like ten, twenty percent of the time. Like, yeah. So that's the thing. So if you're going to be Luca, which is it? You're going to have to pick a struggle. If you yeah. want real... But Jalen Brunson also wanted to be a number one option, I think. Or like yeah. Well, but I'm just saying, if you want... Re- yeah, and anybody who's good in the NBA wants that, too. So yeah, if you want sure. if you want real help, Luca, then you're going to have to accept that Spencer Dinwiddie's as good as you're going to get, unless 
you make handle a trade the bo- or something. Unless your usage rate drops back down to like thirty five, and you get a true co star on the wing somewhere, mm-hmm. right? And like, I think the Mark Cuban will work it out for him over the next mm-hmm. few years. Luca is, if you can believe it, twenty three, oh averaging gosh. these numbers. Jeez, um, and yeah, he is I number think... one in the MVP race right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just because of kind of the also the efficiency he's scoring at is pretty good considering his usage so and there's a little bit of like Giannis boredom yeah and he's he's out he's outpacing like Michael Jordan at 23 like he's putting up some crazy fucking stats right. so we'll see um how that MVP race turns out um and then beyond that the Thunder at the 12th seed with 8 and 12 even with Shea Gilgis Alexander's emergence say, speaking of teams that have more <laughs> talent and could be better if they want to be yeah. I, I'm getting sick of them you guys don't need any more dang draft picks well and to be fair to be fair the their process. number their number two pick uh Chet Holmgren is out for the year um that was a big big loss for the Thunder probably um in the locker room as well it probably dampened things a bit um, but yeah, they're definitely better than their record suggests. I think, although they are, there's two games back from the Mavericks, um, five games back from the playoffs. So it's not like they're a lost cause by any means. Yeah, the Kings started um, out slow too. So yeah. who knows? They... But yeah, the bottom of this Western Conference is just astounding. After the Thunder at the 12th seed, at the 13th seed, we have the Los Angeles Lakers, um, who are. If you told me 10 years ago what their lineup was. Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. I would have been like, shit, they're fucking, they're a dynasty. That's right. crazy. Like, even if they're old, you, you, <laughs> would, you would have known in your head, like, okay, they're old, but they're LeBron probably still James, good. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, now they are sitting at 7-11, and 11, um, right behind the Thunder. Um, and they have been quite disappointing. Although they've been on, a, uh, on the rise in the last few games, I think they're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 um, they uh, have been pretty it, underwhelming in, in regards it, to shooting the ball and their role players. Anthony and Davis has been putting up some big numbers. Yes, he has, and he, he's also in the MVP race, I believe, um, with the numbers he's been putting up recently. Um, ESPN couldn't stop talking about it, but he is now eighth on the MVP ladder, right behind uh, Devin Booker. Wait, wait, enough. wait. Someone on the Lakers is good? Wait, wait. Hold yes, on, hold thank on. God. Yes. Oh, thank God we Anthony have someone to Davis talk about again. Oh, well, yeah, no. Norm- yeah. Normally we use Anthony Davis as our punching bag that we shit on for not being good enough and not having a high enough motor. Can he carry and, this uh, team and without not, LeBron? Can, yeah, and not yeah, being exactly. more willing, blah, blah, blah. He needs to step it up. And yep. Okay, well, he's doing that for and you now. And LeBron came alive uh, last night. Uh, he had 39 points, 11 boards. He looked like Cleveland LeBron again. <laughs> but they um, were really Punching down though, right? Uh, it was the Spurs, yeah, who are behind them at five or six and fifteen. Sorry, um, yeah, but, yeah so, it's, so, uh, you know, it's like, yeah, LeBron, get it? He's beating up a helpless child. <laughs> well, and that's especially well, and for the Spurs, that's sad because for us, they didn't they get off to like a five and three start? Yeah, they got off to a good been, start, and it's uh, been uh, really bad ever since. They are three and eight at home, three and seven on the road, um, and they are one and nine in their last ten. Yeah. So uh, not great for the Spurs. Um, but, uh, yeah, the Lakers um, are still, regardless, a couple of uh, three or four games out of the playoffs. So they will have to keep this up if they hope to get back in the race. Um, but I predict that there will be some slippage among the teams that are probably not going to sustain their spot. Um, looking at the Timberwolves um, and the... Um, 
maybe even the Clippers as well. All right, oh, no, I think the Jazz. You gotta say it. Yeah, I was like, you gotta say it. I don't. I I actually disagree. I think the Jazz will maintain at least around the six to eighth seed. It's. Um, po- I mean, it, I acknowledge that's possible. It, it depends how bad. I don't have no idea how long Mike Conley's out for. Yeah. They are competitive when they are at full strength because of their depth. Yeah, and, and also, Will Hardy's a good. The coach. Kings are off to a great start, but they are the Kings. Yeah, and so they there can always king could it always up. be a massive regression there. But uh, like I said, it'll be. I think the Western Conference race is a lot more interesting than the Eastern Conference race this year. Uh, it seems to be pretty r- relatively even across the entire one through ten spot. Um, so that'll be a really fun race to follow, especially since the plane will have a lot of extra drama this year. I think. And we probably should uh, we should have an active trade deadline, or at least that's yeah. what the smoke kind of rumor mill has been all year. Please, please. Um, and then to wrap it up uh, for the Western Conference, the uh, like I said, the Spurs are at six and fifteen, and then the Rockets are in the last place, five and fourteen. Um, if Wemby goes to either of those teams, I would actually be a little less afraid of Wembenyama on the Rockets just because I think they're going to have a lot of trades coming up. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that works. But Yeah, Spurs culture and coaching yeah, is way, way more exactly. or worrisome than the Rockets. Yeah, yeah, that's a hell of an environment to go into as a rookie. So. Popovich is <laughs> just licking his lips. So it's a four-way race between the Magic, the Pistons, the Spurs, and the Rockets for the 14% chance of landing them. Mm. Um, and then, like you alluded to earlier, the lottery odds have kind of what, flattened out in the years. years yeah, uh, I don't know. What are they for the other teams? Um, so it's, uh, um, I can pull it up, but I know at the top three, you get a 14% right. chance each at getting him, and then it goes like 11, 9, 8. Okay, so it's like descending yeah, after that like, one, yeah. one by one. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So it's very, very much more flat, where it used to be like 25%. Right. Uh, if you were because i that's my hope team. is that my jazz can if they're gonna fade like let's just like fade gracefully <laughs> get into like to the, where like get into like the 11th or 12th seed and like yeah like i'd rather be a, a, th- a like an entertaining 34 win team that has yeah. a chance to get Wembenyana than like this bottom feeding doesn't even try to maximize what we have right because we're afraid to be good bullshit that these other teams do yeah you know, like the magic. Just kidding. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Are the ma- are the magic trying, or are they just like collecting alien well, humans, well, like some sort of zoo? <laughs> I don't. Is that what they're doing? They're just creating a basketball zoo. I mean, <laughs> they're the monsters. Oh man. I mean, I no no. I, I management is, and I don't think the players are. Yeah. So it's at the point where it's like, no, you're hurt. Yeah. You're not medically cleared to get back out there. You're hurt. Yeah, it's a they're making business decisions uh-huh. down there. Yeah. Yep, they're making business decisions, and I hate it because yeah. I I don't think my team needs uh, Wembenyama. I agree. You like, already have Wembenyama light kind of. Yeah, mobile, we so. we have four of them. We have four seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mo like, Bamba. He's supposed to be a unicorn. Like I yeah. still and, and remember, Jonathan Isaac is still on my team. Oh, I also right. still have. He's another. the Jay Crowder of your team. He's just like not playing and like. I don't know if that is he man requesting is ev- a trade. No, or? no, no. He's he's happy with the magic. He's, he's <laughs> of course yeah, they've yeah. been paying him the whole time. Yeah, thing. yeah. He hasn't played a game since uh, 2020. So <laughs> I forgot about John since the previous presidential yeah, administration. Signed, yeah, he signed a massive contract in 2019 uh, or 2018. That's awesome. And uh, now he's nearing the end of it, and he has not played most of it. 
But Rip. that being said, we have a bunch of seven footers on the roster still. True. You can put out those ET lineups like nobody else. We're great in the uh, in the slow game. Get annihilated in transition. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's get to and most points in the paint. Uh, I we rebounds were, and all that. We were top in. I don't know where we are now. We were uh, uh, number one in uh, free throws. Oh damn, yeah, because that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> hacked down low every play. And That's most funny. of it's Paolo, though, actually. Damn, yeah, he gets yeah. downhill. He like, gets to the rim. Like, he's, he's, just, he's got a build, too. Homie he's pretty is, fucking good. Homie is big. He's, he's, like, I think the best description I can come up with is, like, a LeBron James light. Like, he does kind of everything LeBron mm-hmm. does, but just, like, a little bit not as good. He's LeBron James at home? Yeah, he's LeBron <laughs> James at home. Which, I mean, you take that Yeah, you take that. Day. You take it. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, um, but yeah, that just about wraps up the NBA. Um, I think we're what doing the MLB segment next. Yeah, we're gonna talk about some free agency stuff. Dan hasn't warmed up yet. The hot stove, as we call it, I guess it's one of those. Like, let's just let's hit top five free agent candidates. Cool. Like let's let's see. let's hit the top. So some five, of that's see gonna be gonna well. Go. See, that's the problem with MLB free agency. The top five don't move yet because. Uh, they all wait to see who goes because that sets the market price, right? So once the first big free agent drops, then everything else can follow. So um, I guess it's all just rumor mill at this point. Uh, your biggest free agents, let's say by position, you've got a position player group headed by three uh, versatile shortstops in uh, Carlos Correa, Trey Turner, and Xander Bogarts. Mm. They are... I want to say 27 years old for Correa and like 29 or 30 for Trey Turner and Xander Bogarts. Um, Bogarts is the worst defender of the three. Turner relies the most on athleticism, can steal the most bases, play the most positions, hit for the highest uh, average. Kind of him and Bogarts are a little more average, medium power. Correa is a little bit more of like your slugging shortstop, still a very good defender, um, but he was a trash throw. So, you know, there's that. Mm. Yeah, uh, and very un- and very unapologetic. Well, and also very publicly unapologetic about it. Very defensive, arrogant about it. Like I, I don't want him from a culture standpoint, but yeah. also I may be being a little unfair because I've heard he's also like just like a very smart baseball yeah. and player. And they just won the World Cup, so and they he's just high won- off that, right? Yeah. So. But, you know, like, friends, but also, I don't know, there's also examples of him being a good teammate because he, like, defended Jose Altuve to the death that, like, he did nothing wrong and he's, right. you know, I don't know. We'll see. So they're rumored to get contracts in that, like, 200 to $300 million range, which mm. I think is a little little insane. I don't want to pay that much for a guy whose age already starts with a three. Right. Um because all the names I'm seeing coming up, and it's like, oh, these these people are looking for contracts. Most of them are over thirty, right? And they're looking for like these massive, right, like, two to three year deals, right? Yeah, the pitching market when we yeah in a minute is is even more like that because it's like yeah. Jacob Degrom, you know, or and like with an injury history too, and it's like you're looking for this forty million dollar annual value thing and. I don't blame right. teams for being slow about giving it to them. So that's why the, that's a big reason why the baseball season tends to kind of move real slow. And then all of a sudden in like February, March, when 
teams suddenly are just like backed into a corner where we have to get our roster together, uh, then they go ahead and do their thing. Right. Um, so the rumors of where some of these guys are going to go to, it's sort of like, oh, half the teams in the league kind of thing. And then from there you pair it down to, well, who actually has like the budget and the, a team reasonably good enough to like draw a free agent. Right. Um, okay. So a couple of things. The Yankees have to make a decision on Aaron Judge. Are they going to just resign him or let him walk? He would be kind of vault. He would vault ahead of everybody to to number one on this spot. Right. But the Yankees have to make. You know, we everybody just assumes. Well, the Yankees have the money. Why the heck would they let Aaron Judge go? Right. Right. So assuming they don't, that's why I put those three shortstops at the top of my right. list. Judge is going to command a $300 million contract. He also, his age starts at the three, but he's coming off a year in which he hit 315 and like 63 home runs. Yeah, that's so, you absolutely know, bonkers. Yeah. Every team can imagine him benefiting them. Yeah. And it's rumored that he kind of wants to go home to California to play in San Francisco or that area. So suddenly... The Giants. The Giants, the Angels, um, you know. Don't, don't say the D word. Oh no. no, 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 I won't. I well, it wouldn't be the they, angels then either. No, it wouldn't. No, the yeah. the, the, the the evil empire and the blue evil empire uh, out west. <laughs> I was gonna say because the the Yankees are the traditional evil empire, but man, those 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 the damn Dodgers, Dodgers man, they're they, I mean, they got they stopped by the Padres and New York playoff. team. So they they are a New York team at heart. So right. You know. The way they operate, absolutely. So they're rumored as they want Judge, but I'm so sick of those rumors because it's like, well, yeah, they want everybody, and I'm just so tired of hearing about it. Yeah, you don't get every nice toy, Dodgers. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it also Sometimes they do. <laughs> well, and it sucks because then those players play for the Dodgers for like a year or two, and now you're tainted with Dodger stank on you, and now every good player is like a former Dodger. <laughs> Right, because oh, now it's God. like, look at all. It's like, oh, everybody's linked to Cody Bellinger, and right. everybody's gonna be. It's that girl you got to hook up with, right? Yes, <laughs> everybody's linked to Trey Turner, right? And it's like, I... that's hilarious. Yeah, it's exactly it. Everybody's got to go hook, have their little fling with the Dodgers, <laughs> and it's just God, it's gross. Uh. So, um, so okay, let's assume judge leaves for fun let's say he does go to the giants right so mm -hmm. then suddenly that opens up the yankees to be the a big player like they would always be right um because the the outfield market is outside of judge there's there's not a lot of like impact bat there's no impact bat like that right, right. so that would then it, what I, I guess what I'm getting to is one of these big shortstops I think is going to be asked to change positions. Somebody's going to be mm. asked to move to third base or outfield or something like that. I think. Interesting. Um, other teams that would be in the market besides that are uh, like the the Blue Jays are referenced a lot as needing one more additional piece. The Cubs are looking to add a big bat um, and they're willing to probably push Nico Horner. They're kind of under the radar, but pretty good shortstop. Mm. They might move him to second base, I think. Um, or if you get Xander Bogarts, Bogarts um, metric, his metrics are, he grades out the worst defensively at shortstop. If you mm. can convince him to swallow his pride a bit and move positions, that would be good. Um, right. So the angels are also rumored in for everybody because they're always trying to fix themselves so they can, you know, make use of Otani. You know, yeah. we have two MVPs. Basically, Why can't yeah, we we're, win? They, they're trying desperately to not waste uh, Otani and Trout's career. Um, 
in the National League. The I mean, the Mets are always the Met. You know, the Mets and Dodgers and right. are always rumored to be interested in somebody because they have the money to because they have the money. Like the Mets owners, like literally, just do not care about money at all. They're they are willing to push their payroll towards like three hundred million. It's insane. It's crazy. Like two hundred ninety million. Wow. It's wild. Yeah. Um. Okay, so past those big... It's hard to say. Yeah, there's just so many teams that it's hard to narrow them down. I don't have a prediction. I think the Cubs are going to get Correa. I would guess I'll say the Blue Jays get Bogarts Mm -hmm. and the... Where does Trey Turner go? A New York team. Trey Turner goes to a stupid New York team. Yeah, Mm. there we go. Um, So... Pitching is probably the thing that next most matters. Jacob DeGrom, the de goat, as people call him. Um, <laughs> he's always injured. He's literally the definition of a glass cannon. Like when people mm. say that word or put a picture of it in the wiki, Jacob DeGrom's face goes there. Um, <laughs> yeah, Brutal. he, you know, he won his only playoff start that he got. He was the only thing that the Mets could do right against the Padres. So that's something. Right. When he's healthy, he's arguably the best. Like he can literally go out there with a sub two ERA for like months at a time, which Damn. is incredible. So he can throw a hundred and two miles an hour at least until his elbow falls apart. Um, but he, he wants he wants for... yeah he he wants he and you know at this point he's like a six inning pitcher though six or seven innings depending on how efficient he is. Uh, right. He wants about a forty to forty-four million dollar AAV annual value over like a four-year deal. So your four years, one hundred and sixty million. Can you can you stomach that for a thirty-four-year-old, super injury-prone glass cannon? Yeah. Do you want that? That's your top free agent pitcher. It's crazy. Uh, right behind him, I would say that would be my top five. That would be so my the three big shortstops are my top three, and then uh, my top five is Degrom, and then Carlos Rodon would be my fifth ranked free agent. He's a left handed starting pitcher, um, also with some injury history, not quite as much as Degrom. He's a couple years younger. He's thirty, uh, big tall lefty, ninety five, ninety six fastball, unhittable slider when he's on. Uh, he spent the last two seasons with the Giants, where most importantly, he did actually stay healthy and put up really good numbers. Mm. Uh, it's a pitcher-friendly park, so there's a little regression possible with age and moving to a less friendly park. You know, uh, if the injury problems rear their head again, I'd be a little concerned about that. But on like a two, three, f- three-year, if I could get him on a three-year deal, that'd be great. His agent probably won't that let that happen, and he wants like five. Right. Um. Again, again, it's like half the teams in the league are rumored that the Rangers need a frontline starter really badly. They're uh, a, a big rumor for either of these two guys, uh, the Angels as well. Um, the Cubs need somebody, and I'm not just saying that because, oh, I'm a Cubs fan or whatever. They're, they're also kind of, mm-hmm. they're like the Midwestern Evil Empire team. They have right. the biggest payroll of all the Midwestern teams, so they're always looking for somebody. Right. Um, what do you? Where do you say the Diamondbacks are at? As the a Diamondbacks right are now? okay. So the Diamondbacks, I they are trying to do the a traditional rebuild, and they're a little further along in it than previously thought because last mm-hmm. year, like we tried to talk about it on the pod here and there, like they were a bit like the Cubs. They started out kind of poor, and then real quietly, they just had a solid second Stretch. half where they were like above five hundred for like. 
two whole months and mm-hmm. nobody paid any attention. Right. And they have good young pitching in Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly. Um, mm. but I'd have to really go over their roster and immediately there'd be other names that like pop out at me. Yeah. Um, they have a glut for of pitching or like, for, um, okay. Initially for pitching, but the next point I'm getting to is like great transition. They have like a, like a little, a little core of like decent little outfielders that mm. are all getting kind of gotten their, one of them had a coming out. Party yeah. The Dal- yeah. Uh, Dalton name? Varsho, I think was that it? Yeah. He, and then, you know, they still have Cattell Marte, who was kind of the known good commodity outfielder they have. Right. Um, let me actually pull it up real quick because they I know have... there was like a rookie that like had a really good stretch and it was really exciting. A lot of the Diamondbacks fans on Twitter. Well, I know there for that, that was on the pitching side. I know Zach Gallen was tearing it up, like mm. going on like a, what was that? Just like a whole bunch of scoreless starts in a row or like a scoreless inning streak that lasted a long time. Mm, gotcha. Um, but they they are they're better than the Rockies. Their problem yeah. their problem is <laughs> you know there's a chance that if the Giants don't get Judge and they don't I don't know they've got a lot of money but they're old so I don't know your <laughs> your team should be able to pass them. The problem is you compete with sick. big spenders. You've got the Padres and Dodgers in yeah. your division, which is like that's rough. Uh, yeah, it's a hard mountain to climb. But <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I I just don't know how willing they are to spend because they've got burned in the past, kind of recently when they've tried it. Like the right. Diamondbacks are, they're not the typical small market team that's just totally unwilling to spend. Like, say the Reds or the Pirates right. or the Royals. No, the the Diamondbacks will occasionally be like, all right, you know what? Screw it. We're like, going we're, for it. We're going for it. Yeah. And like, they'll do the Zach Granke type thing. Or they'll... worked in 01. Too. Yeah. Right. So. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I don't know enough about the attitude of their current front office, mm-hmm. but I'm excited for it because I I, I just want to see. I don't have any faith in the Rockies. <laughs> they yeah. they, then plus they play at super high altitudes. So I don't know that they'll ever figure out how to like solve their pitching problems just mm-hmm. as like a physics problem, not even as like right. a, how they spend their resources or whatever. Yeah, um, true. But it's just like the Dodgers are going to still be good. The Padres are going to still be good. So I'm not going to Third pick, seed at best. I can't pick like, your team. You're going to be at best like a dark horse wild card last spot of the playoffs contender. Hell yeah. So That's what I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my Cubs are probably going to be yeah. too. Honestly, like unless we we're can the just... the Cubs of the West. Yeah, unless we can just... Well, it's different Actually, because the, no. car, yeah, the Cardinals are our main... We don't have big spenders in our division. Like we are the big spender in my division. Right. So, but the Cardinals are like the Spurs. Right. They're really Consistent, hard. Yeah, they're, that, they're the Patriots. And, they're right. like, yeah. More so than the Yankees. Uh, they're the Yankees with less money. Oh, gotcha. Yes, but that like they're all about like culture and like we have like this like core philosophy that we develop from the ground up all the way through the minor leagues and right. like yeah, that's dope. Uh, yeah, I don't know much else because it's all rumor mill regarding baseball. More will be coming in the following weeks. I mean, there's like minor little deals you could look at for your individual team. Like if you went right. to their team website, you'd be like, oh, we picked up X little minor leaguer that you've never heard of. You know what I mean? Like right. or, or free agents that are, for instance, the Pirates signed Carl, aging first baseman Carlos Santana. And he used to be good, but he's like 36 now. And he uh, has very little bat to ball skills left. And uh right. 
you know, he wasn't very good last year and the pirates really suck and he's just kind of a fill in. You know what I mean? That's the kind of deals that are getting done right now. The big stuff is uh, going to happen at least not until the December winter meetings. There is a, right. a, a winter famous uh, executive winter conference that they have at some hotel in Vegas or Florida or whatever, where all the team front offices get together and do trades and stuff. And that starts like December middle of December, like 12th, 14th, usually something like that runs for two weeks. And, uh, that's when shit pops off. Hell yeah. So. We'll have to see how it goes down. All right. <clears throat> and with that, we'll jump into our last segment of, um, we're just going to go over the, uh, matchups for this week for the NFL and just kind of give our, uh, two cents on it. So, uh, we'll go ahead and start with, uh, the Broncos and the Panthers. Uh, I think the uh, who's starting QB for the Sam Panthers? Darnold. Sam Darnold. Let's see, is Russell Wilson going to get outthrown by Sam Darnold? Um, I doubt it. I think the Broncos probably win that. Although I can't recall what their records are. I think they're both three and seven. Oh, okay. I'll say Broncos. Just okay. To give them the okay. Of the doubt. I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Panthers just because. Uh, also, fuck the Broncos. <laughs> Understandable. I, this is, I'll go Broncos too, because that's who should win. But I've also learned through doing this podcast, uh, I'm really bad at predicting anything. Yeah. Uh, I should just never do that anymore. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Uh, Our next matchup, we've got the Falcons at the Commanders. What a lame game. Um, I think the Commanders, actually. Mm-hmm, um, Taylor Heineke's been really, really good lately, and uh, I root for him kind of. Yeah, I, it's hard not to. I There's mean, some players I like. I like Cordero Patterson a lot too. He's fun. I like. He's still on the Falcons, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. I like Tanner, Taylor. Wow, Tanner, Taylor Heineke as much as I like. In the same way that I like Geno Smith, that like mm. they're guys that you know where everyone was like not expecting anything out of. And yeah, yeah, kind of and, and then yeah, and then come out and you know win games True. or in the starting spot. And Heineke sticks out to me as even a little different because the little bits that he did get a chance in the previous, like, I don't know, season or two, I it, he looked good then, too. He didn't do anything to me that was like, oh, yeah, this guy's a scrub or whatever. You yeah. know, he was a little bit of the, like, three touchdowns to two interceptions kind of guy a little bit, right. you know, could kind of scare you sometimes. But I liked what I saw from the beginning. Yeah. Like when you compare mm-hmm. him to other backups that kept getting ran out there, like Mason Rudolph or something. <laughs> like I was like, oh, I'd so much Fucking rather have Mason Heineke. Rudolph. True. <laughs> all right. Uh, and then the next matchup, I think we're all going to have the same opinion on this one. Uh, Texans at Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins should. Yeah, should. Dolphins, Dolphins the should clean up it's gonna that be, one. It's going to be a nice, easy one for them. Unless um, the Texans have one of those random, amazing defense games where they just get oh, right. five turnovers. I, I doubt. I doubt it. <laughs> um, then we've got the Bengals-Titans, and I think this is going to be the hardest one for me. Uh, I'm going to say the Titans, considering that they're 7-3, and three, and uh, Derrick Henry is one of the best running backs in the league, I think top three. Yeah, I've been, I've been dogging the Titans and not picking them, and here they are quietly just doing their thing. So yeah. I guess I'll pick them for once. Yeah, I'm also going to pick them just because yeah. I'm sure. I think the game is windy, so mm-hmm. uh, uh, they need a hard they to throw the ball. Yeah. And that, that favors the uh, Titans definitely there. All right, and it's time for my weekly punishment. 
We got Bears at Jets. Don't do it to yourself. You know Justin Fields isn't playing, so I'm not picking. And I honestly, if he was playing, I might. Can someone explain the Zach Wilson slander that I've been seeing as so of late? Basically, I, I wasn't sure what was going on. It comes out, the offense punts the ball nine times. Um, the offense punted more times than he had completed passes. Oh, man. Um, he comes up to the podium, and a reporter is like, so, Zach, do you think you as the offense offense let the defense down at all? And immediately he's like, no, no. Wow, okay. That's where it all came from. So it's, it's all about that uh, accountability of, no, Zach, you did let the defense down really bad. Because Oof. I think they also forced the Patriots to punt like seven or eight times, so it was... So it was very winnable if they mm-hmm. were just... If he mm-hmm. was giving them an opportunity to, damn. Uh, and they're starting Mike White today, whom I I thought he should have been the quarterback this whole time. He's the guy who came in and threw 400 yards and four touchdowns in his first ever start. Oh. Yeah, Undrafted I free agent. That. Yeah, I, I root wow. for the guy. He's got the same energy that Heineke does, like yeah. that backup scrappy guy. Who's, like, the, who's the Jets' main <laughs> weapons on offense? Uh, like, well, there's that one wide receiver that wanted, wants to be traded, Elijah Moore. Yeah, we got Elijah Moore. We've got... There's some other decent receiver they have. they have a good have. running back as well. Yeah. Uh, well, Brees Hall, but he just got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yep. Shit. Um, but uh, for picks for this game, uh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Jets on this one. I can't... Uh, I think I'll go with the Bears. Is it Joe? Can Joe Flacco? Is oh, I just want to see Joe Flacco lead the Jets to a playoff. Oh run. no, no, that'd be hilarious. It's Mike White. Yeah. Aw, I wanted Joe Flacco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would also pick the Jets again. And I, I no, I, I pick so much against my Bears, but it's just because I knew I, I honestly figured they were a six-win team anyway coming into the year. Like, so that's about what. What's they their are. record right now? It's gonna be three and eight or nine after three and nine, I think, after today. Oh, but it's like they've had like entertaining close losses where you can see the development Mm. of fields and like they're leaning into what fields actually does really well which is nice to see and it's like of course they're not going to be great duh they just ripped out their own defensive heart on purpose when they traded away smith for like a second round pick yeah and they traded away khalil mag Yeah, True. and Klumac and uh, Robert bears? Quinn. I, well, Robert Quinn wasn't like that crucial. He was overpaid. Mm. He only plays well every other year, and this was his off year, so whatever. Is Klumac on the Bears? Chargers now. Oh, he's on the Chargers. That's right. Okay, I was like, I didn't yeah, it was think great. Was we were like, we need a pass rusher to compliment Joey Bosa. Bring in a pass rusher. Joey Bosa gets hurt. Well, shit. Well, Ugh. good good luck, Khalil. So, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I'll I'll take the Jets, but you know, I am still having some fun watching the Bears yeah. play. At least, I'm I'm still worried about Fields because, like, gee, he got hurt. Why? Because uh, he ran the ball. looks to run the ball all the time. He's like a Trey Lance in that way. Yeah, I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. Like he's gonna be like an RG three or something and get hurt. Yeah. I think he's got a better frame to take the kind of hits than RG three did. I don't. Does he? Yes. Was RG three? skinnier yeah oh yeah he was really agile and like thin because because field because fields is like he's bigger than lamar or he's Michael like Vick, halfway but between he's like cam newton yeah and, uh, lamar yeah like, he's got a little bit of speed a little bit of size he's a lot of speed man yeah. when he gets he's going. got a lot of speed he's gonna be fun in madden next year tell you what <laughs> all right um our next matchup we got bucks at browns oh i think the 
I want to say the Browns, but I think the Bucks will probably win. Hmm. I'm going with this is my upset of the week, and I'm going to go with the Browns win this one. Because the Browns are, is it Jacoby? Brissett still starting? Yep, okay. yep. I, don't know, I just think Tom Brady out quarterbacks. The yeah. Browns probably. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. This is a tough one. Yeah, I'm gonna take Tom. I'll take Tom Brady in the Bucks. Crazy I just, I, to say that at age what forty six. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just I just do not support their evil Keebler Elf logo on their on their uh, field in Cleveland. I just I don't like looking at it. So yeah, that's fair. I want them to lose every game. And I want them to lose every game until they re- associate their losses uh, with their ugly logo and change it. That's funny. All Absolutely. right. Then we got Ravens at Jaguars. Uh, Ravens. I think that one's pretty easy for me. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm gonna go with the Ravens here. I think. Can you remind me what the Jags' record is? Uh, three and seven, I believe. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, dark horse so Jaguars win that division. Bad take pick is not going well. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like the Jags are this like embarrassing. Uh, well, we all this well year. ever the rest of us picked the Colts to win, so don't feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought the Colts would be way better than they are. What's their locker room like? Uh, probably not the best, but I mean, we'll see. They have a new coach and Jeff Saturday, so that's what right. I, mean. I just want to be. That might be a culture. I just want to be there, there for like practice or like just like what's that like? That's had to be so weird. True. And the matchup of the day for uh, Sam and I, we Woo. got the Chargers at Cardinals. This one might be the hardest game to pick yet because <laughs> they like because really we're the same damn team. Way. We're the same damn team. True. We're the Chargers of the NFC. It's like we got these awesome, high-powered offenses that you're like on paper. You're like, oh yeah, holy crap, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then our defense shits the bed. Yep. <laughs> and we have like uh, we have good defensive players, like individually. Yeah, like there's Buda like Baker. two or three really good players on defense. <laughs> like Buda Baker and Derwin James. Like uh-huh. you have those stars, but then you'll just have. Like stinker performances, where you're like, uh-huh, "Oh my god!" Uh-huh. So I'm gonna just. Oh, and both of you have coaches that make you guys really yeah. uh, upset at times. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm gonna say I'm gonna root for my team. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, just for the sake. Kyler of Murray's the... coming back this game. D Hop's here. Hollywood Brown is back today. That's what I'm um, worried about. Greg Dorch is in as well, so we have so, uh, at least three weapons there. Oh, and don't um, forget the angle we were talking about earlier, right? This is the whoever wins this, maybe that yeah, this Sean, is the Sean Payton Sean Bowl. Payton Bowl. <laughs> yeah, he wants to coach both of these teams. So uh, uh, you know what? I am gonna go with. I think the Cardinals are gonna win this game. Wow, actually. picking against I'll, your I'll, squad. I'll, I'll I'll be the guy who has some faith. I'll I'll pick the Chargers. <laughs> well, I'm, it's because I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it because I've been you know I, I drink the Kool Aid like everyone does with their team. Mm-hmm. And Indeed. it's like you come into the week, and when you see every single commentator go, oh, yeah, Chargers are going to win this game. I'm like, mm. no, we are not going to win this game. <laughs> I, I know. And it's not even a trap yeah, game true. either. because we're, it's, it's like the same record, same situation, kind of. Although I would say the Cardinals have been worse I think you actually have an easier path to the playoffs than I do. Possibly. Because I have on... to go through the entire AFC East. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess you also have to go through the entire NFC East, which, yeah. a fucking course, 
a fucking course all of the preseason shit talk on the NFC East this podcast had. We ranked them as the lowest division. And they're like, what, the, they, the top division? Yep. To be fair, everyone else did too, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, we kept calling it the NFC least and like all that shit. It's like, god damn it, guys, It's stop. really just the Giants, you know, yeah. just the Giants effed all that up. Because yeah. the Eagles, you could kind of see, could be I mean, good. That, that, and normally that, the Eagles are at least okay. And the right. Cowboys, as much as everyone trashes them, it's not like they're ever some three, four win team. Yeah, they spend exactly. so much money, they're always at least 500. Yeah. But, all right. And uh, we're going to move on to our next matchup. We got the Raiders at Seahawks. Um, I'm going to say the Seahawks. Yeah, I Seahawks. Just because they're in person, Seattle. And they got shut out by those Saints, and I that's seared into my memory. So, Well, nice segue with the Saints there. We got the Saints at the 49ers next. Ooh. And um, I'm going to go with the Niners on this one. They're just... They're, they're so fucking frustrating because they're well-coached. They have superstars everywhere except for where it matters the most. At Q, yeah. Yeah, they're pretty well-rounded, and they seem like they're rounding into form. Like, the whole, like, they're settled in with Jimmy G at the controls. Because all, all he's got to do is fucking hand Christian McCaffrey the ball, and he gets fucking or, or 20 get yards around. Or get Debo on a screen or something. And yeah, then Ayuk on a slant. That's that's the 49ers offense, and there is nothing you can do about it. And they still have Kittle. Still got Kittle. Everyone's getting healthy. Their secondary is banged up. That's where they're the yeah, if they had a, If they had a star quarterback, that's a Super Bowl offense right there. That's crazy. All right. And this one at the beginning of the year would have been a tough one maybe, but uh, now I think we're all going to say the same thing. We got Rams at Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs, yeah. Yeah. And the Chiefs are going to, I think the Chiefs yeah. are going to mop them up. Like, Chiefs with the side of LA tears. Yep. Just. Absolutely. All right. And then for our Sunday night football, uh, we got Packers at Eagles. Also, what was supposed to Packers have probably been Eagles. a good game. Yeah. So, you know, the Eagles are going to win oh, this one. Eagles. I thought you said Eels. I'm like, who the fuck are the Eagles? No, the Eagles. To be fair, yeah. the Packers are struggling right now. I'm sure the uh, the Guangzhou Eels are probably pretty tough, too. <laughs> I think they're probably might give them a run. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll say Eagles on that, as much as I hate the fucking Eagles. But, uh, yeah, I think they'll probably beat the... I don't know. Aaron Rodgers just has not had a good year, and the Packers have not had a good season. Nope. So. That mm-hmm. makes me happy. And they keep, Fuck like, uh-huh. flipping back and forth between this, like, are we going to give Aaron Jones the ball, or are we, are we going to let Aaron Rodgers, like, improv, improv and make... Like, yeah. I don't know. It's like there's this weird well, internal Well, you can only struggle. do the bullshit improv if your receivers are able to keep up with you, and, and you know, they don't have Tay Adams anymore. Well, and, no. then, and then in little spurts, they'll give Aaron Jones the ball, and things will kind of click into position, and they'll do really well for a bit, and then they'll stop doing... It's, it's like, I don't know. and But then... Before you even blame all the receivers, look at the throws Rodgers made last week. Like, some of those were just, like, wide-open misses and just pure didn't grip the football right, just underthrew it, just stuff I've never seen Aaron Rodgers do. Right. I don't know. All right. And for our last matchup of the week, we got the Steelers at Colts. Hmm. I don't know. There's something different about this Colts team. What's Uh, the Steelers record? I think they are also three and seven. Oh, you mean Mike Tomlin's finally gonna have an under five hundred? That was year. a good take I had early in the, early in the year. Nice. I said the Steelers would be ass. <laughs> yeah, right. you are right. <laughs> With the most expensive defense in the NFL. Hell yeah, I love to see that. Uh, always, always I, fun to laugh at yeah. the Steelers. Demise. I, I guess I'm taking Colts. 
Yeah, I'll take the Colts. Kenny Pickett yeah. has not been good. If so, if they're still running him out there, letting him take his lumps, then yeah, Kenny Pickett has fourteen hundred and twenty-six yards, three touchdowns, and eight interceptions. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, Trubisky's better than that. Sorry. Yeah, but you, at this point, they're just here. You go, rookie, grind some XP right, just, out. Yeah, right, exactly. You gotta level just up. Take True. your take your lumps. Learn. Absolutely. But, all right, and with that, uh, we will catch you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. Mm -hmm. Take care.